0: And we're back with our encounter with God, looking at the book of Acts. But before we get stuck into the book of Acts, and of course, don't forget to join 20 million other people around the world all studying the book of Acts for the next 13 weeks. Mm-hmm. A movement of Bible study. Okay, so what have we got coming up for our next clue in the quiz? Mm,
1: this, this actually makes it sound very interesting. Oh,
0: uh, this one makes it easy.
1: Yeah, okay, so this is a... Uh, actually, you know, I'm not so sure that
0: it is easy. I'm sort of thinking that this is one of those stories that
1: I don't remember when I last heard a sermon about it. Yeah, neither do I. I don't think I've ever heard a sermon about this book at all, ever. You're kidding me. Yeah, yeah, no way. Serious. I was thinking about this morning. I, was like, I don't think I've ever heard anyone do a study or preach a sermon about this book. So,
0: oh, this is all about redemption. This is a book, the whole book is about redemption, is about grace, It is about forgiveness. Um, great themes right here. If you are a uh, minister listening to the show this morning, then my challenge to you is to preach on this subject. Don't give it away. (laughs) This subject this weekend.
1: Yeah, I I would love to hear more about this book. It's it's a I want to say it's a less obvious book. It's not like, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke or John or Genesis or something like that um, or Revelation. Um, and I, when I picked it up this morning, this quiz, I did think to myself, is that too hard of a, of a quiz question? But it is a book of the Bible, so it's one of 66. So, you know, it's narrowed it down. Mm. And uh, the next clue is… And it's is the
0: third shortest book in the Bible. Third
1: shortest book. so That's you know, got to make it easy. That's got to make it very easy.
0: And it's addressed to some Greek names.
1: Well, actually making it the third shortest book of the Bible doesn't necessarily make it easier um, it just makes it easier to search. <laughs> that's right. But,
0: but when, when you know that it is addressed to some people that have Greek names, mm-hmm. then you know that's New Testament.
1: That's right. By deducement, you sort of figure it out. So the next clue about this book um, this book is about a runaway slave who was born again and is not returning to his master.
0: Mm. Mm. When we get to the answer to this one, we, you and I are going to have a debate on the pronunciation of his name.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm, looking I'm looking forward fun. to that. I'm looking forward to that.
0: I never forget when I first read this particular story in primary school, and I pronounced the name, and everybody laughed at me. My oh, teacher, my teacher thought, I thought it was hilarious, and I'm like, "No, actually, look how it's spelt."
1: I'm and very like, intrigued no, now. We
0: can, I can see your point.
1: Do you know your son actually used to have a stuffed monkey that he named this?
0: There you go. I'm actually talking about the name of the slave not the name of the book
1: oh okay okay I was yeah, yeah, confused yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like how could you pronounce that a different way <laughs> so if, I'm no, thinking in my mind slave, trying to figure out slave. you know a different emphasis on which syllable not the name
0: of the slave owner ah
1: uh, okay okay. Oh, okay lots okay, of gosh. clues coming out now <laughs> so the book slave, is
0: slave a slave owner the
1: name of the book is the name of the slave owner is mm. that what you say? ah okay mm. okay oh, very interesting. Yeah. I just there want to talk go. about this book now, but I guess we can't. <laughs> Sorry, you want to do what? I just want to talk about this book now, but I guess we can't.
0: Well, the more you talk about it, the more you'll be tempted to do say, say the word. <laughs> it's on the tip of my tongue. I'm not going to say it. Uh, you, you know, I always have this discussion every morning just so that um, I can try and <laughs> trap you into letting it slip I, that's again. A,
1: that's a dangerous entrapment because it's usually you who gives it away, not me.
0: Oh dear. Anyway, um, we have Marcus on the line, and uh, Marcus, welcome to the show. Hello, good morning. I uh, I, I um I, I've just tuned in, and
2: I just wanted to call up and say what a wonderful way to start a morning on God, God's beautiful earth, and praise
0: God,
2: the Lord. And it's just such a wonderful experience. So thank you for having
3: me live on air.
0: No, that's fantastic. Thanks, Marcus. We really appreciate it when people call up, and uh, you have made you have made our day. and yeah, for uh sure. and, and and God is good. Praise the Lord. Excellent. Thank
2: you. God bless. You Thank you too, so much, Marcus. Yeah. Take care.
1: Lord. Have
0: Everybody. a good day. Good night. Uh, See Bye. Well, that oh, wasn't that nice. That's Marcus really just call nice. In to say hello.
1: Thanks, Marcus. You yeah, have a blessed day very, too. Ah.
0: Always nice. Oh,
1: it? I wanted to ask him some more questions. Where is Marcus? What is Marcus doing? I'm all intrigued now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> An impromptu interview right there. He
1: sounded like he was driving somewhere. Well, drive safe, Marcus, and you have a wonderful day. As to all our listeners, have a blessed day today.
0: And uh, stay safe for all of our listeners that are on the road at this particular time.
1: Indeed. Now, we're going to have our Bible study, our encounter with God. And indeed, we are doing the book of Acts.
0: Aha, uh-huh, the book of Acts. We can say that because it's not the answer to the quiz. Yes, we can. Okay, so Acts chapter one. Let's go over to Acts chapter one, and we're going to read about Jesus going back to heaven. So this is a really important uh, passage, and we're going to highlight some we're going to highlight some issues that come out of this particular story. So Acts chapter one. Would you like to read for us, Mon, please, nine through eleven?
1: After saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching, and they could no longer see him. As they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go.
0: So much we can look at in this passage Mm. right here. But Mon, what is it about this passage that it has a certain ring of authenticity? Authentic- is, is, there, is there something about the passage that sort of strikes you as being, yeah, it just sounds real?
1: I, I wouldn't have thought about as authenticity is something that I would get from that. I would have thought it just sounds amazing. Like, imagine just standing there and then, I guess, two angels appear. Like, it's just incredible. It would be an incredible experience to have.
0: You know what? You know what it gives it a ring of authenticity to what, me? What? It's simplicity
1: think okay. about that you think yeah. about
0: that you, you you look at uh you look at your Greek legends or your Egyptian legends or you know other other legends that came out um, or or legends I should say that came out during this era and they're often quite complex mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you know fantastical
1: yes okay yeah, cause, yeah there
0: is nothing complex or fantastical about mm-hmm. what is happening here Jesus is going back to heaven mm-hmm And Jesus, you know, and God probably has a lot of different options in how he takes Jesus back to heaven. But this is probably the most believable one that there is. Jesus simply just simply rose up. You know, Jesus could have just vanished. You know, could have spent, you know, 40 40 days or whatever um, hanging around on earth after the crucifixion and then have just disappeared. And, And they couldn't find him anymore. And they're like, well, we assume that he went back to heaven. That wouldn't have been good. Yeah, no. Because then there'd be no closure, there'd be no story to tell, mm-hmm. uh, the disciples wouldn't, uh, you know, there'd be no witnesses of what happened.
1: People would just claim maybe he, he was walked still out dead. Into the,
0: maybe he walked out into the desert and starved to death. You know, who mm-hmm, knows?
1: hmm yeah.
0: And so God has chosen to do something visible here,
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, literal, literal mm-hmm. um, and to send angels to confirm what is taking place so that there are actually witnesses of it. Mm-hmm. And so he simply takes them to a the top of a mountain, and then ascends up into heaven. It's a very, very simple, straightforward, believable kind of a a way. If you know, if it's 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 more believable in many ways. It's less fantastical than than um, Elijah's fiery chariot.
1: I think. I think even though it was uh, a simplistic, I think still I still think we've been quite grand. Oh yeah. 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 Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean.
0: I don't know about you, Mon, but I've never seen anybody just sort of float up into the air before.
1: No, especially when it goes into a cloud. Yeah, Yeah. and then disappear. Mm -hmm. Mm.
0: Yeah. Okay, so that's that's um. I guess that's the first thing that jumps out to me as I go through this particular passage here. But there's something else as well because who turns up at this particular point?
1: Two men in white robes.
0: And who would we assume that they are?
1: Angels. That's right.
0: Uh, And of course, um, um, you know, why why would God send two, do you think? I mean, there's only one sentence that is spoken here. You men of Galilee, why stand you gazing up into heaven? The same Jesus, which has gone up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you've seen him go into heaven. Uh, There's only one 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 message to deliver. One message to deliver. Only one of them speaking here. Why send two?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I never thought about why you'd need two. Hmm. Maybe they wanted to go. <laughs>
0: why, why, why two angels at the tomb? Yeah, I don't know. Why two people on the Mount of Transfiguration?
1: Well, didn't God say that, um, didn't Jesus say that to send out the disciples two by two? Is that the same, following the same pattern? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, maybe. Send okay. you the so, so
0: two is, what we're finding here is that two is turning up in a lot of very significant hmm.
1: events i thought say? about it, yeah, but yeah, yeah, it's true.
0: The transfiguration was a very significant event. Two mm-hmm. people are there. The resurrection of Jesus was a very significant event. Two angels are there. Mm-hmm. The ascension of Jesus, a very significant event. Two angels are there. So we're, we're, we're seeing a pattern here. Uh, Jesus uh, comes to Abraham in the plains of Mamre, and he is about to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. It's Jesus and?
1: A second. Two angels. Yeah, two angels.
0: So we've got this this happening, and this is actually something, I'll show you something here. And In fact, um, what we're going to do is we're going to turn over to Deuteronomy. So that's the fifth book of the Bible. Deuteronomy chapter 5 and, uh, sorry, not Deuteronomy 5, Deuteronomy 19 and verse 15. And in just a moment, we're going to share this passage with you. (laughs)
4: You're listening to Faith FM, Positively Different Radio. Okay, so Mon, Deuteronomy 19
0: and verse 15.
1: You must not convict anyone of a crime on the testimony of only one witness. The facts of the case must be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses.
0: Okay, so you've Mm. got these very significant events taking place, and how many witnesses does God provide?
1: Two. Two. Mm-hmm. He doesn't
0: just send one. He always sends two. two. And once again, God is giving this that, that ring of authenticity. He understands what the Bible says. He understands that, you know, for any significant event, the Bible requires, the Constitution of Israel requires two witnesses. If you don't have two witnesses, it is something that can be questioned. But no one is now going to question what the angels said because there are two, two. witnesses there. Yeah, yeah. You only need one. Uh You only needed one at the tomb. There was only one that ever speaks, but there's always two who are present. And, uh, you know, I think that God is doing something here, you know, not just for human beings, but also for the whole universe.
1: Yeah, yeah, because if it's just one-on-one, you can say it's his word against the other one's word. That's right. Who knows what happened.
0: The police deal with this all the time. It's a he said, she said kind of situation. Uh And uh, accusations fly backwards and forwards, and it can become impossible to get a conviction on an offence that, you know, they know it has taken place, but... Yeah. There's no witnesses. What are you going to do? Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, it makes it impossible to be able to proceed with prosecution in, in this kind of a situation.
1: And I like that God has thought of the details in that regard and is taking yeah. care of us. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. even in the details.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: All right, so there's some more things that we can learn from these verses right here. And let's go back over there. Um, to Acts chapter one and verse nine. And while we're turning there, let me ask you this question: mm-hmm. According to what the Bible says here, did Jesus and the disciples literally go to the Mount of Olives?
1: Why wouldn't they have?
0: I'm just asking the question. Did that? Does that, does does it does it read that they literally did that?
1: Uh in verse nine, it doesn't say anything about the Mount of Olives in verse nine.
0: Uh, let me see here. Oh, it says that's something where somewhere else. But anyway. Oh yes, verse twelve. Then they returned unto Jerusalem from the mountain called Olivet. That's verse twelve. Which I mean is not. from Jerusalem a Sabbath days journey. So I'm 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 uh okay, so Does the Bible indicate that they are literally on Olivet, the mountain of Olives? Yeah.
1: I have no reason to believe it was a symbolic Mount of Olives.
0: Language is not symbolic in any way, shape or form, is it? No. Uh, Does the Bible indicate that Jesus and the disciples uh, were literally standing on top of it? Yes. Does the Bible indicate that Jesus literally ascended up In front of the disciples. Yes. And there was two angels as witness along with all of the disciples being present. All the disciples. Absolutely. So we've got a whole bunch of witnesses Mm -hmm. here Mm -hmm. that this literally took place. So this was a very literal event. The Bible goes on in many other places to say that Jesus ascended into heaven and sat down at the right hand of the Father in heaven there to mediate on our behalf.
1: So this was not some sort of symbolic vision or dream that one of the disciples was having?
0: No. No. Not at all. Okay. Now what I want you to notice is um, verse 11. Could you read for us verse 11, please?
1: Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go.
0: Okay. So we were talking a couple of days ago,
2: Mm-hmm.
0: In uh, the previous Bible study About end time events How there are those who argue That the return of Jesus Is not a literal event well, the- It's just the spiritual coming of Jesus Into your heart And when you're filled with the Holy Spirit Jesus has come That's the second coming right there
1: I hate to say it But for me that's not enough of a second coming like, <laughs> 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 if, if this is heaven I'm sorely disappointed <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah, I couldn't agree more uh, However If the second coming of Jesus is purely a spiritual event, you know, just the the Holy Spirit coming into your heart, Mm -hmm. then what do you do with this passage here? They literally went to the Mount of Olives. They were literally standing on top of it. Jesus was literally taken up into heaven, and the angel said he's coming back the way he went up.
1: You're going to have to find a way to make it sound like it was a symbolic event. You're going to have to diddle the the verse a little bit. Okay, so here's
0: what you've got to do. Uh Not only have you got to diddle with this verse a little bit, You have to do away with the resurrection.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Because if
0: Jesus was raised from the dead, then what happened to him?
1: Then he had to go somewhere. Where is he? Yeah. Why isn't he Mm -hmm. still
0: here? Why can't I go and have a conversation with him down the street?
1: And this is the only Bible account where he went. That's right.
0: He went somewhere. And if Jesus was literally raised from the dead and he literally went somewhere and the Bible says he's coming back like he went.
2: Then he's literally coming back. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Exactly. The only way that you can then you cannot have Jesus literally coming back is to not yeah. have Jesus being raised from the dead.
1: But why would people want to believe that? Because it's in his resurrection that he has so much power. That's, what, you know, that's the hope. Yeah.
0: Okay, so basically what it comes down to is a movement within Christianity that has turned Christianity into a philosophy rather than a religion. Oh, okay. So they've looked at Buddhism and they're like yeah you know there's some good things about Buddhism and they've said okay this is you know it doesn't rely on the existence of Buddha whether mm-hmm. Buddha existed or not is irrelevant to Buddhism you can prove if you can prove that Buddha never existed Buddhism Buddhism is never going to d- d- disappear because it's a philosophy because it's a philosophy uh-huh, uh-huh. and they've they've gone okay let's do the same thing with Christianity then no one can argue against it uh... so. The virgin birth never happened. Jesus wasn't a real person. Uh, the resurrection never happened. None of the supernatural things ever happened. These are all allegorical.
1: But in, so they think they're trying to fix a problem, but instead they're creating new ones. Oh
0: yeah, this was this was this began in the fourth century with um, Oregon and uh, Eusebius and these kind of dodgy characters.
1: Just the same way we have our plastic bag problem. <laughs> we think we're fixing it. We're making and it worse. And yeah, make a bigger
0: one. That's it. Um, and so. Um, this is this is an issue that has been around for a very, very long time. Um, you know Oregon who argued that the entire Bible was allegorical that nothing was nothing and it was literal. you had to take all of it spiritually as you know and, uh, and and of course you know resurrection is not something that we see happening on a regular basis and so people have gone, well you know Jesus never resurrect raised from the dead and so it has variations. you know some of these people believe that Jesus did exist but obviously they don't believe he he was resurrected. Others believe that, well, it doesn't matter whether he de- existed or not.
1: Well, let's say for a second that he was correct and the whole Bible is allegorical. Mm-hmm. How would that affect our spiritual life? How would that affect our day-to-day lives?
0: Well, the Bible says that if that was the case, we would be of all men most miserable. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. Paul says that because he says without the resurrection of Jesus... mm then all we have is this life and if this life is heaven, yeah as you said before that's not heaven yeah this yeah. life is not heaven there's no hope in that no none yeah. whatsoever at all
1: and I, I do I do crave something more solid to base my base my foundation on to base my beliefs base my life on because what you believe ends up becoming You know, um, you know who you are, and it
0: defines who you are. Yeah,
1: and it sort of becomes like an equation that you put your life through. Any time you come up against something like, okay, what do I do here, or how do I handle this, you you go through your belief system that way. Mm -hmm. So if you don't, if it's just some sort of wishy washy philosophy, it didn't really happen. It didn't really take place. Like. There goes your foundation, basically yeah
0: you just you just you have none whatsoever at all, and you basically what you end up just living your life how you feel like mm, yeah, and we all know how that goes uh-huh. our world is surrounded by people who have turned their lives into a absolute train wreck mm-hmm. by living their lives that way
1: yep true
0: okay, so we've looked at this uh, passage here um, about Jesus literally ascending up into heaven now. Here's a question mon how can we how can we learn to keep the reality and the promise of the second coming always in front of us
1: studying the bible Mm-hmm. because if, if we're looking at the reality of it you know and it says he literally will come back the way he literally left then by studying out his life and how he left we can be reminded of the fact that he's literally coming back
0: It's an interesting question because you know I think about it and I think that a lot of Christianity keeps the cross in front of them. Mm-hmm. The cross is central to everything.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's not wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm not criticizing that in any way, shape or form. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, This is a very, very positive thing. But I am going to say this. Along with the cross, right there beside it as the center of Christianity should be the promise of the return of Christ.
1: Oh, Absolutely.
0: These two things go hand in hand because without the return of Christ, the cross becomes meaningless.
2: Mm, mm -hmm.
0: The cross is just, you know, God sort of showing some nice things and, uh, like, yeah, I'll give you a better way to live for that short, miserable existence you have on planet Earth, and that's it. Yeah, that's there's nothing more to it than that. And so we need to keep the cross as central to our Christian experience, and we need to keep the second coming. Right there beside it, as central to our Christian experience. We're going to listen to uh, what do we got coming up next?
1: Carly Fletcher with "How Amazing." Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. We might give away one of her albums later on in the show. We love Carly Fletcher. Enjoy this song. <sighs>
4: My name. Show
0: Welcome back, everyone. That was Carly Fletcher with How Amazing here on Faith FM. And uh, Mon's just ducking back into the studio. The uh, phone lines have been running hot.
1: Yeah, I had to do some uh, multitasking on top (laughs) of my crochet that I'm already doing on air. (laughs) So
0: crocheting, answering phones, talking on the radio, sharing the quiz, doing a Bible study, all at once. I don't know how you do it, Mon.
1: I'm a woman. What can I say? (laughs) Uh, Let me give you another clue for our quiz, by the way. Mm -hmm. This is another one with a funny name. Oh, this is the name of the, the slave. Okay, so this is a what book am I Okay, quiz. so we can, ha- we can have
0: our argument
2: now.
1: Yeah, now we can have our argument. Yeah. Oh, and P.S., thanks, Veronica, for calling in. She called in and gave it gave it a shot. She didn't quite get it right, mm-hmm. but she's close. You're close, Veronica. Stay tuned. Okay, so this clue about- Oh, by the, the way, we've got yes. another
0: caller online out there right now.
1: From Tasmania. Yes, we yeah.
0: called them for yesterday's quiz because yeah. they're listening to the delayed, delayed broadcast. Ba, ba, ba. Okay, okay, so if you're listening to the delayed broadcast- and you're in one of those areas or one of those states that gets the delayed broadcast and today is not Wednesday, the 4th of July, um, then, of course, you need to listen to us on faithfm.com.au or via the TuneIn app on your mobile device and run that through your car stereo um, or any other uh, speaker system that you've got, and that's a much better way of uh, participating in yeah, Faith Yeah, you can
1: listen to us live. Yeah, okay. Okay, next clue. What book am I? Paul wrote this book about... W-
2: Onceamus. <laughs>
0: oh <laughs>
1: <mon>. <laughs> Did I say it the way you think you said?
0: There you go. See, when I was in primary school, mm-hmm. I was asked to read about this, and I read it as Wansimus. Uh huh. And everybody cracked up laughing, it- even my teacher. And I'm like, "Well, now, wait a minute, guys, wait!" <laughs> and I, I put <laughs> out a solid argument out there as to why this should be pronounced onceamus. It is because it once-a-mus. starts with one. It,
1: it does. O
0: n e. And they're like, no, 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 it's onisimus. Onesimus.
1: Onesimus. Oh, that's cool. I like the way. That's a cool name, Onissimus. So we
0: won't ask any Greeks to call in right now because they, <laughs> will probably, they will probably laugh their heads off at you and I for saying Onesimus.
1: It probably is Onissimus, actually. I, as soon as I said Onesimus, I'm like, no, that can't be right. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: think Onesimus is a cool name.
1: Yeah, it is a cool name. Was he a good dude?
0: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. He didn't yeah. start out as a good dude, but he ended, he ended up, as a, up as a good dude. dude yeah. yeah, for Unless sure. He was nice. a he was a slave. He got in a tiff with his uh, master mm-hmm. and escaped. Of course, mm-hmm. that's a um, you know they they had terrible penalties for escaped slaves. Anything up to the death penalty. Whoa. And uh, in the Roman Empire. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah.
1: But he came back, didn't he? He did. And he got forgiven.
0: By his master.
1: It sounds like a really great story.
0: It's a great story of redemption and forgiveness. And I'm uh, super
1: nervous that we we're going to say the name. <laughs> <laughs> did, did we already say it? No, we didn't. We didn't. We didn't.
0: Okay, I'm just sort of trying to backtrack through my mind and think. Yeah. Did, no. did
1: we give this? All no, no, oh, okay, no, no. Okay, we didn't. No, we didn't. And uh, and just for those, uh, the couple, the people, couple, the couple of people who've been calling up, it's not Timothy and it's not Titus. Okay, so those have yeah. been taken. Yeah, those have been taken. It's not either of those. So we've now narrowed it down to 64 books. So okay, <laughs> yeah,
0: no. it's New Testament.
1: Oh, and we had someone guess Romans, but Romans was the answer for yesterday's quiz. That's right, that's, that's,
0: just, that's yeah. Listening to, to the delayed broadcast. Mm-hmm. So get with the show, guys, and listen to the live show, faithfm.com.au, or via the TuneIn app. You can get the free version of that. Make mm. sure you get the free version. And uh, that way you'll always be uh, up to date. Up to date. Now, where are we up to? We were looking at Acts chapter 1, verse 9 to 11. All right, we're going to read this again, mm-hmm. and this time. There are six words in three verses that I want to highlight. Okay. And I want you to tell me what kind of words these are. All right. So when he had spoken these things while they beheld. So it's my first one I'm I'm highlighting. Beheld. Okay. Yep. He was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And while they looked...
2: Mm-hmm. Steadfastly up
0: into heaven as he went up. Behold, mm-hmm. two men stood by them in white clothing, which also said, You men of Galilee, why stand you gazing mm-hmm. up into heaven? The same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. Okay. so Three, three, three verses. Six words, yeah. Six words? Mm-hmm. What kind of words did I highlight?
1: They're all ones related to vision. They're like behold, beheld, seesaw, seen. Gazing. Gazing, yep. yep. Absolutely. All ones are related to looking at stuff.
0: What then does that indicate to us? If the Bible says that Jesus is coming back the same way he went, what does that tell us about the return of Jesus?
1: Well, clearly he went in a very visual way, so he's going to come back in a very visual way. Yeah,
0: so this whole idea that he's going to come back secretly and invisibly...
1: It's just even more ridiculous now. It's a myth. Yeah.
0: It's actually a myth. There is not a single verse in the Bible that says that. You know that?
1: How did it's people what, come and one of it? those.
0: It's one of those missing verses. People grow up with it, and, be, and things that you grow up with, people never question.
1: Ah, that's true. It's true. But it, it wasn't even... It, It wasn't even a It's one of the things I
0: liked about Abby when we were interviewing her earlier. Mm. She's like, yeah, I'm going to give my heart to God and I grew up in the Adventist church. I'm not going to take that for granted. I'm going to study Christianity. I'm going to study Islam. I'm going to study Buddhism. I'm going to study Hinduism and find out what makes sense.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: And everybody should do that. Yep. Yeah. Um. You should never just like, oh, I grew up in this religion, therefore I'm going to stay in it because mm-hmm. it just feels right. It feels comfortable. I'm
1: used to it's it. It's normal. Some seems like a tradition kind
2: I've of a thing. I've got a I've got
0: a social network happening here. No, yeah. you need to go back to the Bible,
2: mm-hmm. and
0: I will say, and I'm a Seventh Day Adventist. I'll say this to every Seventh Day Adventist that is listening: you need to go to the Bible and you need to study the Bible for yourself mm-hmm. to find out where the truth is, and you need to go. You need to set your standard at the absolute highest. Mm-hmm in relationship to truth and go where you find the truth being presented.
1: Because mm-hmm. it actually makes a much stronger witness as well because when people ask you, like, why do you believe what you believe? When you say, I believe it because my parents believed it, weakest argument ever. Lame, yep. lame, lame. Yep, that. is what, why is what Stephen
0: accused, and we're going to come to this story, in Acts chapter 7 where Stephen preaches his sermon and he accuses the Jews of that,
1: mm-hmm, as your mm-hmm. fathers
0: did. So do you? Yeah, you're just yeah. doing exact. You're just following the tradition of your fathers. It's yeah, just you know, there's
1: mm-hmm. nothing to it. Yeah, it's a one time, when we should be rebellious, you know, against our parents and be like, all right, just because you believe it doesn't mean I'm going to believe it. Let me check it out for myself. Study it all out. Learn for yourself, and, uh, and yeah, and find out the truth for yourself.
0: Absolutely. Okay, so let's go back to Luke chapter 21 and verse 27. Luke 21 verse 27.
1: Luke 21 and verse 27. Yeah, read that one for us, please, Mon. Then everyone will see the Son of Man coming on a cloud with power and great glory.
0: Okay, and and in Luke chapter 9, let me just find this one very quickly. And verse 26, for whosoever shall be... Uh, ashamed of me and of my words, of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he shall come in his own glory and in his Father's and the holy angels.
1: It's just such a visible event.
0: Well, I have some people who say, oh, oh, but that's the second coming. That's not the secret rapture. That's a different event.
1: You know, know, if I was to
0: write down all of the verses in the Bible mm -hmm. that describe the return of Jesus as being in two stages Mm -hmm. on a piece of paper, Mm -hmm. a piece of paper would be blank.
1: Yeah, yeah, it not a thing written on it. It concerns me because the other day you told me that the secret rapture was actually—it's not a doctrine so far. Uh, so much, it's—it's it's something that some woman came up with in a, some spiritualist came up with, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they've tried to make it true using Margaret verses Macdonald. of the Bible, which yeah. is—it concerns me greatly. Uh, absolutely, yeah.
0: So the Bible is very, very clear that uh, the return of Jesus is going to be you know, the most visible event. All right. So here's a question for you, Mon. How should this great truth impact all areas of your life, such as finances, priorities, moral choices, etc.?
1: Well, we should be getting ready for Jesus' return. And um, and I think one of the best things to do to get ready for Jesus' return is to prepare yourself and try and tell other people about it as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. that And that realigns one's priorities for sure.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. So so, you know, if if we are expecting the return of Christ, mm. that is going to change the way you think about the future, isn't it?
1: Yeah, but you want to be careful because you know, we have had in the past where people thought Jesus was coming and so they just suddenly sold everything and you know, were ready for to come working. the next day. Yeah.
0: No, the Bible says don't do that.
1: Yeah, because we don't actually know the exact time or date when he's gonna come. So mm. yeah.
0: Live as if he is coming today. Anyway, we're going to move on with Matt and Josie Negas.
4: So
5: But
6: one was out on the hills away, far off from the gates of gold, away on the mountains wild and bare, away. Through the mountains, thunder-riven, and up from the rocky steep.
1: Cool, I was like dancing a little jig around.
0: <laughs> yeah, you were having fun with that one, Mon. And I
1: was like oh, tiddly tea potatoes.
0: <laughs> okay, so we've got a couple of uh, <coughs> uh, we've got a congratulations here to
1: yes,
0: um, Alan Morris Kingston, mm-hmm. who has called through from Huonville, Tasmania.
1: Yes, and it was actually uh, he, well, so go on, don't even interrupt.
0: Well, he had the answer for the quiz, and it was the correct answer. There was only one thing wrong with it. What Tasmania gets the delayed broadcast?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, so anyway, we've given him instructions now how he can listen to the live show via the TuneIn app or on faithfm.com.au. Um, but the cool thing about this is we have an answer from the quiz from the area in which I grew up.
2: Oh, ah, nice.
0: So yeah, just a little bit up the river from there, a little place called Glen hmm It's just one of the most spectacular places on earth, particularly for a uh, a young person to grow up. And that's where uh, that's where I came from.
1: Nice, and they've answered the quiz correctly today. Uh,
0: yesterday's quiz correctly.
1: And today's, actually. Oh, and today's. Today's, yeah, today's. Yeah, yeah. Did, today's. Did both. Yeah, because yeah. yes. yeah, he answered the qu- yesterday's quiz, and so we were like, we need to do, get today's quiz, and so he accessed it, and now he's answered that one too. So he actually got both of them correct. Well done, Go Alan. Bible
0: genius. So yeah, what the, can I say?
1: Yeah, and it was actually quite a hot topic, because qu- I thought it would be too hard for people, but we've had a lot of people call in today to get the quiz right. And Alan, you got it correct. The answer, of course, is the Book of Philemon.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. The Book of Philemon about Onesimus.
1: Mm, yes, yes, or indeed. Un- Onesimus. <laughs>
2: Onesimus.
1: I like Onesimus. It's a cool name. <laughs> anyway, okay,
0: question of the day. Will the generation that saw Israel reformed as a nation still be alive for the second coming?
1: Such a strange question, but go on, I, I barely understand H- you, it myself. Have you
0: ever heard this question before? No,
1: I've never. heard. Okay. I'm not even sure what it's talking this about. One comes to be from Matthew
0: 24. Okay, okay, so let me read it to you from Matthew 24, and it will start to make a little bit more sense mm-hmm. uh, where people are coming from with this. It says this in verse 32. Now learn a parable of the fig tree, when its branch is yet tender and puts forth leaves, you know that summer is near. So, likewise, when you see all these things happen, you know that it is near even at the door. Truly I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things are fulfilled. Uh,
1: that makes okay. sense, doesn't it? Yes, yeah. Talks about Israel, doesn't it? Yeah. Where? Uh, nope. <laughs> Sorry, talks about a fig tree. <laughs> okay, the fig tree. And, and, and of course,
0: Jesus and Paul and others use the fig tree as a symbol of Israel.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: And so people have looked at this verse and gone, okay when does Israel um, put its branch while it's tender and puts forth leaves and buds? And they've gone, well, that must have been in 1948 when the state of Israel was formed.
1: Oh, okay. Do
0: you see, what's, do you see the, the logic behind that?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay, so
0: there is a certain logic behind that and they've gone, okay, from 1948 we have 70 years, which is one generation,
2: mm-hmm.
0: three score and ten, mm-hmm. until the second coming of Jesus.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Okay, what they miss is the qualification that comes in in verse 33. It says, So likewise you, when you shall see, here's the key word, all these things come to pass, know that it is near. So it doesn't just include the fig tree putting forth its leaves and budding. Mm -hmm. It includes everything that Jesus has said up until that particular point.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. So this is
0: all of the signs of the times, and when you combine all of the signs of the times together, then uh, that brings it down into much more modern era that you would begin your dating from. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm.
0: And of course, you know there is there, there is a certain level of argument that you could say that the fig tree definitely symbolises Israel, but you can't argue that it symbolises nineteen forty eight. Yeah, that's probably. Not, well that's definitely not in the Bible Anyway, we're going to listen to some Randy Travis with Above
2: All
1: And if you have a question, give us a call We'll answer it for question of the day 1-800-FAITH-FM Above
5: all powers Above all kings Above all nations And all creative things Above all wisdom And all the ways of man You were here before the world began Above all kingdoms Above all thrones Above all wonders This world has ever
2: known
5: Above all wealth And treasures of the earth There's no way to measure What you're worth Crucified Laid behind a stone You live to die And alone like a rose Trampled on the ground You took the fall And thought of me Above nations and all creative things, above all wisdom and all the ways of man, you were here before the world began, above all kingdoms, above all thrones, above all wonders, This world has ever known Above all wealth And treasures of the earth There's no way to measure What you're worth Crucified laid behind the stone You live to die Projected and along like a rose trampled on the ground. You took the fall and thought of me above all. Crucified, laid behind the stone. And thought of me, above. Nobody...
0: Welcome back. That was Randy Travis with Above All here on Faith FM and we are about to give something away so get ready with your phone, mm-hmm. get ready to dial 1-800-324-843 mm-hmm. or get ready to text us on 491 64 or shoot us a message on Facebook, although you might not be quick enough right there, uh, for the giveaway that is about to take place but don't call yet because we have not yet announced what it is. If you call up mm-hmm. and you don't know the answer,
1: we don't know what it is, you mean. Yeah. We won't give it to you. (laughs)
0: That's right. It means you jumped the gun and you are not the first caller through.
1: Uh Uh-huh. We are giving away a book today. It is called The Hero of Hacksaw Ridge, the gripping true story that inspired the recent movie made by Mel Gibson. It is written by Buton Herndon uh, and it is an incredible story. It's the official authorised story of Desmond Doss. Yes. Who is uh, the first conscientious objector to receive a medal of honour.
2: Congressional
0: Medal of Honor, the highest mm. award given by the United States for bravery uh, in conflict in warfare, and of course, this was a man who never touched a gun in his entire life.
1: Yeah, it's a true story, and uh, it's just an incredible story. Um, what he went through, like you know, he went through. He was setting up for his beliefs. Essentially, he didn't want to. Kill he wanted anyone. to
0: save life rather than to take life. Mm-hmm, he mm-hmm. wanted to. He wanted there to be some sanity in a world that had become insane.
1: And he actually endured uh, quite a bit of hardship and. Um, and, uh, persecution. Yeah, persecution. Oh, they from tried his own, hard to keep him out of the army. Yeah, yeah.
0: They did not want him in the army. Mm-hmm.
1: And then he ended up saving so many lives just in the heat of battle and just an incredible yeah, moments. His
0: official citation lists seventy-five. His recommending officer put the number at one hundred and fifty. Nobody really knows how many there were. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, he had an argument with his uh, with his senior officer, and his senior officer said one hundred and fifty. He said fifty. And so they ended up sort of, you know, meeting in the middle, meeting somewhere in the middle, and mm-hmm. and, and it went into seventy five. But this was alone and unassisted um, on a ridge top that was held by the Japanese after an American attack had withdrawn. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a ridge top that the Japanese had set up for a reverse slope defense, and so the entire area that he was operating in was within uh, visibility of the Japanese forces the whole time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A- and he was up there for like hours and hours and hours alone just going from one wounded man to the next and dragging them to the edge of the cliff and lowering them down and then going and getting another one and lowering him down um, just all by himself.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's an incredible story.
0: Yeah, this is not this is not the story of a moment of courage. Mm. This is a story of hours and hours and hours of courage. Yeah. You know, there are many um, Congressional Medal of Honor recipients who in a moment did a very brave thing and probably afterwards thought about it and thought well, that was a rather silly thing to do mm-hmm. or may have done, whereas this man had, you know, hours to think about what he was doing and to think about the possibilities he had of surviving. Um, you know, I think it was like 12 or 15 hours or something or other yeah. that he was um, just constantly... Um, you know finding finding these wounded and bringing them to safety
1: it's an incredible book an incredible read the movie as well um, we have a copy of the book here today if you would like to get your hands on it just call us now 1-800-FAITH-FM is the number we will send that to you free of charge and you will enjoy
2: that
0: don't forget as always if you'd like to study the Bible in more detail for yourself we'd love to connect people with Bible studies give us a call 1-800-324-843 or text us on 491 and uh, we will make that happen for you. We would love to be able to see people studying the Bible, small group, correspondence, one-on-one. However, you would like to do it, we can make it happen for you.
1: This has been Lyle and Mon on the Breakfast Show on Faith FM, and as course, we will, as course, of course, we will be back tomorrow morning after the seven o'clock news.